Welcome to the Built Not Born podcast presented by Edge Leadership Academy. I'm your host, David Kitchen, and every week I'm going to be having conversations with some of the top leaders in their fields to figure out what built them into the leaders they are today and what we can all take away from their journey. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share, like, and leave a review so we can continue to bring you more content like this. Also, make sure you join us on our website, www.edgeleadershipacademy.com for a ton of free content and resources for leaders and those wanting to be leaders, and be sure to follow us on social media. I'm fired up to be a part of this project, and I'm really looking forward to getting to work. Leaders are built, not born. Welcome to episode two of the Built Not Born podcast. I'm your host, David Kitchen, and today we sit down with Chris Tuttle. Chris is the COO of the Fast Twitch brand, which is a string of private training facilities. He's also the president of the No Windy Sleeves Movement, FT Performance Labs, and a handful of other businesses. So today with Chris, we dive into things like being a young leader and how that process looks as your company starts to scale and grow and you add new members. Hey, we talk about the, the meaningfulness of having family involved and the feedback process among leaders. We also talk about self-reflection, self-awareness, um, and a myriad of different you know, leadership topics that I think are really relevant, especially to hear from somebody who's in the process. You know, I, I really appreciated Chris's openness and his ability to discuss his mistakes and also what he's looking to learn as his company continues to grow. Um, so I think you guys will take a lot of good information from it. Hey, as always, we appreciate you guys. Don't forget to like, share, comment, leave a review, do all that stuff so that we can continue to bring you guys a ton of new content. Um, looking forward to getting into it. All right, guys, fired up to bring you guys this episode, man. We're here with Chris Tuttle. Uh, Chris is a friend of mine and, and somebody that I really respect because he's somebody that's going through the process and very, very open about his leadership and what he's going and growing through. Um, and somebody that is, is an awesome resource for anybody that's kind of coming up through the ranks and trying to figure their way out, whether it be entrepreneurship, coaching, life. Uh, Chris has just been an awesome resource for me personally, and I'm, I'm jacked up to have him here. So we'll, we'll get right into it, Chris, man. How you doing, brother? Doing great, man. Appreciate the kind words, you know, uh, and I've been looking forward to getting on here for a while now. So uh, I'm, I'm ready to rip. Oh, dude, it's going it's to be fun, man. Last time we talked, I was actually on your podcast. Um, you know, a little backstory. I went to Chris when I talked about starting the Edge Leadership Academy, and he was one of the first people that I reached out to um, to talk a little bit of marketing, talk a little bit of business strategy and those types of things. So, so he's somebody that's always open to help, man. So I'm, I'm fired up to have you here. This is, this is going to be sweet. So you could take the mic, dude, go ahead, introduce yourself, talk a little bit about where you've been, what you're up to now, and then, and we'll jump into the story. Oh yeah, man. Well, I think the, the funniest thing too, is kind of how we linked up with um, meeting through essentially my wife, Ashley, you guys went to high school together. She had always been mentioning your name. And then somehow I ended up coaching with one of one of your old interns, I think, when you were a coach at Bloomsburg. So the the dominoes kind of fell together there, which was pretty interesting. But, um, and, you know, now we're in similar fields, share very similar passions. So I think that's why having you on last time was an awesome, awesome episode for us. And I was super excited when you, you know, asked me to get on here. Um, but a little bit about myself. Yeah, I uh, live in New Jersey now, however, uh, born, and, born and raised in, in Newfields, New Hampshire. Um, lived there until I was 18, until I went to college, uh, went to Misericordia University, uh, played baseball, originally thought I was going to play golf in, in college, um, had a little bit of a, you know, mental breakdown uh, during golf, switched to baseball, but yeah, it's out by Scranton, so went there um, after college, um, 
you know, wanted to coach, got into coaching right away, kind of bounced around university to university, spent time at uh, Misericordia, uh, University of Cincinnati, Villanova University, and then uh, came out here in 2017, um, opened up Fast Switch here in Saddlebrook with uh, Dr. Ferraro, it was awesome, and then kind of just been ripping ever since, you know, we've started some other things, obviously, I think we'll, we'll get into, but I think having the one business to start really just showed you know, my passion for everything else and why. So we try to build those verticals. 100%, 100% man. And I think the, the cool thing that people will be able to take away from you is the fact that one thing kind of led to another, led to another, led to where you're at. Like if I would have told you, you know, three, five, six years ago, whatever it is, that this is what you were going to be doing, you know, and it was going to look like this, I think you would probably have thought I was crazy. And, and that's kind of what's cool about this is you let one passion take you into another. And I think that's something in and of itself that people can learn from because there's so many people that stunt their stunt their passions you know because they're they're blunted by other people saying you can't do it or it's not realistic whatever um and for you you kind of let one passion lead you into these other ones so yeah we'll, we'll jump right into the fast twitch you know ft performance labs no windy sleeves so you're running is it four companies now you got going four four different yeah um they, they all fall under one you know i always say they all go together uh, fast which allows us to be able to do the other ones but yeah there's hands are in a few different pots right now um but you know like i said they all share the similar vision and passion so it they go together very seamlessly right okay so you have you have the gym you have the supplement line you have the no windy sleeves movement which is is awesome and taking off um and then you also have the podcast and the clothing line the apparel so you kind of have your hands in a lot of different industries right now which i think is really cool kind of walk me through how that happened, like kind of what the dominoes were, as you said, you know, that fell in that, that kind of allowed you to, to turn this one, you know, opportunity into four different really revenue streams and really four different teams of people. Yeah, I think the funny part about that is you say, you know, the field and the passion is everything. For me, it was been a bumpy road to get here. And I said, we have not even close to our end goal or say we've made it. For me to get here, it took me to fall on my face and realize what I really like, what I really was passionate, what I really wanted to do in life. Um, I left coaching to, to chase the money. Um, and I just, I, I felt empty. So I quit my job and took a volunteer internship at 26 or 25 or 26 years old and moved to Cincinnati, you know, 12 hours away from my girlfriend, away from my family, just because I wanted to be in terms of conditioning, but I wanted to help people. I miss coaching bouncing around, making no money, just, just loving what I was doing that afforded me the opportunity to meet Dr. Ferraro. Dr. Ferraro is one of my biggest life influences, biggest mentors in my life. I can't speak highly enough about him. Um, he has had a physical therapy practice in Saddlebrook, New Jersey for 25 years. Um, and he had the space below uh, his practice that he wanted to put a fast switch in. Um, and through a friend of a friend, we linked up um, and we opened up in 2017. So we started with just the just the facility for personal training, team training, high level, more sport performance, um, which I guess where I came from was a strength coach at Villanova. Um, so we opened that, and so his passion with physical therapy of helping people feel better, you know, mentally and physically, my passion of training, it really led us to what other ways can we help people? Oh, making sure their nutrition and you know their supplements are are taken care of, making sure that we have a place that we can voice our, I guess, our theories, philosophies, you know, through the podcast, sharing other people's stories like you. And then obviously the clothing, people want to feel good and look good in the gym. And it's a good way for us to just try to push our movement, you know, which is 
just getting better every day. Um, so I always say having the gym, you know, that's where it all starts and flows through because that's it's all about just helping people. Right. And it's been so we've done many different things since we've started. And I think now we have a direction of where we want to go. Absolutely. And, and I think you hit on some big things there, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, from a leadership role to hear somebody to speak on these things, like you kept getting back to the main vision. Like it was, what other ways can I add value? What other opportunities are there for me to add value to other people? There was never a, um, you know, how do I make money off of this? It was never a, how do I, you know, make this, make me look good. How do I get out in front of the camera and, and be the face of this thing? It was always, what are different opportunities for me to add value to other people? And when you get with other, you know, individuals that think like that, so in your case, Dr. Ferraro, like special things happen, right? And you guys were able to recognize opportunities and start to build on those. Um, so, you know, going off of that, let's talk a little bit about when you made the jump from strength and conditioning to now you're more on the entrepreneur side. Like now it's kind of more your hands are in the business, um, the business realm, you know, what's the biggest difference that you felt from a leadership standpoint on how you handle and how you approach things? I think it's the biggest difference is, which Doc and I talk about a lot is you can't get comfortable, right? So you have a really good month in the gym, right? You take your foot off the gas pedal of trying to get new clients and build exposure. When you work for yourself, every single thing you do every day is a direct representation of, of the failures or successes of your, of your business. If we're not, if Dr. Farrow and I aren't doing X to get in and build the business, no one else is. We don't work for a big company. Everything we post, if we're up here talking about big political things, right? We say the wrong thing. We don't get paid. I, I then can't pay the other people that work for me, right? So understanding that every decision, everything that you do has a direct reflection on it, um, I think it was a big thing for me. And it took me a while to understand. Um, because uh, I think even in strength conditioning, when you're working for a school, your main thing is make them better athletes and keep them injury free or, or don't, you know, keep them as safe as possible. Very, if you're not driving the business from, you know, and I guess essentially putting the, the food on your own table, which I think it's a completely different mentality. I say my days were so stress free when I was just training 12 hours a day and I wasn't worried about anything else. Right. And, and, and that's the that's the responsibility of the leadership piece, which I think is cool to hear you talk about your own process with that. Like people don't realize when, when you take on that leadership role and for you, it wasn't it, all this wasn't laid out for you when you decided to get into the entrepreneurship side of it. It was you took it on and you started to grow into it. Um, but people don't realize you're now taking responsibility for the other people that are underneath you, because you know, whether it's anybody on, on the fast twitch team, anyone on the no windy sleeves team, they're betting on you, you know, they're betting on you to, to be able to provide for them and drive the boat. Right. And so for you, that that's obviously a new, uh, new role, but it's something that you've stepped into because you've shifted your mindset. And that goes back to what we talked about on your podcast, right? Self-awareness, being able to recognize what areas you needed to grow in, what areas you needed to kind of dial up or dial back as you got going. Um, so kind of, walk me through your process. So you went from the initial team was three people, right? Now you're at 10 and you're opening two more locations. Um, so your team is growing big time, growing tremendously. Um, what, what's kind of your mindset going into that on, on, from a leadership standpoint and a process standpoint? Well, I think, yeah. So, I mean, if you look at fast switch, when fast switch started, it was myself, Dr. Ferraro and, and uh, Briggs, one other person. Um, we have 13 people now that work at Fast Switch, which is phenomenal. They do a great job. Everyone's very dialed into 
you know, learning, growing, and, and wanting to build their one of their own brand and business through Fast Switch. So we went from essentially two or three to thirteen now, um, and then No Windy Sleeves, yeah, started with three of us, and now we have ten of us who um, have ownership. But in addition to that, we have some other people that work for us too. Uh, so there's a, a little bit difference there. Um, I think my biggest challenge for me as an individual is delegation. I just like to do it myself. I like to put my head down and just do it. But you can't just hand stuff over to people without guiding them through and teaching. So for me, the biggest adaption was when I you know, gather the information and understand it, I then have to know it well enough to be able to teach someone else how to do it. So then I don't have to continue to check in, right? So making sure they're educated and I don't like to micromanage. I don't, I want to tell you what needs to be done. And then if you need me, come to me. Cause I don't want, I, people want to be, you know, self-sufficient. They want to be able just to go about it and do it. They don't want me to constantly be checking in. So be, getting comfortable enough with how you're teaching someone and not being able to micromanage, I think was a big thing for me. Um, and then just constantly reminding people of the why of what they're doing, because I think in personal training, you can get really down on, Oh, I'm not, I'm not motivated. I'm not getting a lot of new clients. I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. Well, remind, remind yourself why you're in this, you know, why you're in this industry, why you're not going to work for someone else, you know, at a nine to five, you're in this to help people. So get that, keep that why right in front of them and just be there as a resource for them to re-motivate them and keep them engaged. My favorite part about our Windy Sleep meeting is our wrap up. Cause it's like, all right, what can we do to get these guys motivated again? What can I say to get them want to go out and do it all the next day? Right. Absolutely. And I, th I think a part of that is, and this speaks to, to kind of how you are as a human is just empowering other people. Like as you look at your team and, and I know some of the people on your team and that they've talked about like, Hey, we don't feel like he's our boss. He's in it with us. And so you're giving them, like you just said, you're getting the knowledge yourself, the information that you need, you're transferring that to them. And then you're kind of taking your hands off and you're saying, Hey, I trust you to get this stuff done. I trust you to do it a certain way whatever. And that's kind of created this culture that is awesome for you guys um, that, that allows no windy sleeves and fast twitch to be growing the way it's growing. Um, it wouldn't be because at the end of the day, people don't quit jobs, they quit people. Right. And yeah. so you came in and, and didn't handle things the way you do and give them um, the type of responsibility and the type of respect that you do. Uh, you know, you wouldn't be growing at the rate that you're growing. So I think that's a big testament to what you've done and what you've built, you know, what's kind of your plan from a longevity standpoint, like you've built this culture, you know, in three people now amongst 10 and amongst 13, as you open these new locations, what, what are you going to do as a leader um, to make sure that that culture remains consistent? Yeah, I think we, we talked about that in, in depth when we were doing, you know, the, the pre-screen for me, it's like I said, you can go to any gym, you can get any programming, you can find people on the internet, you can find workouts for free. Right. So, there's a reason why the people that come to FastWitch come to FastWitch, right? And it's for atmosphere, it's for community, it's for family. You can get, yes, I, I do believe we have top quality training. We have top quality technology to give you the best result possible. But at the end of the day, you got to like going where you're going because it's an enjoyable, respectful, clean environment. And I think making sure that that's a top priority for people. My biggest thing is when every, anytime someone walks into the gym, yo, what's up? Yo, what up, Kyle? What's up, Sarah? Whatever. That has to be, as soon as they walk in, that just something as simple as saying hi to them shows that the type of community and family we are. And I think so much of that is so important, so much more than 
dollars and cents because you can't exchange that. You can't trade that or hide that. We'll never be able to hide that forever, right? Mm -hmm. so people, it's very authentic, which I think, again, is a big piece of, of what I try to, you know, in some people is just be authentic, be real and care about people. It takes me a while to hire anyone that's going to be doing anything from a full-time position for us. And it takes a while for anybody to earn their ownership in the other company because it, essentially it's like a vetting process. Cause I know there's things that you can hide for a while, but eventually right. your true colors are going to come out. Absolutely. And, and that, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Simon Sinek's book. Like he, he wrote uh, leaders eat last and he talks about some concepts in that too, that that's exactly it. The leader has to vet who they allow into that inner circle. Right. And who's allowed to stand with them um, because of exactly what you said, you know, because if the, the ramifications of you making a bad hire and bringing someone into such a good culture could ultimately, it could disturb the peace. It could disturb the situation that you have and it could damage the growth that you're already trying to build, you know? So it is important to have the right people on board. And I think that's, um, you know, something that some people kind of overlook as they start to grow, especially in business. Like they're just so focused on the growth that it's just like, we're just going to bring people in. We just need more people. We need bodies versus for you. It's like, no, every piece has to be intentionally laid so that the foundation of this is strong enough that we can grow in whatever direction we want and not have to worry about it. I've messed that up plenty of times. So I'm, I, anything that I ever say, I'm not speaking from a mountaintop because I know I don't have 10% of this stuff figured out. I don't, but I am humble enough to admit when I've messed up and grateful enough for the opportunity to use those as learning experiences where some people, they won't admit it or they won't grow from it. Like I know, like we've talked about before, the first year or two of, of FT performance, I was, was a fail. And we figured out a way to change it and we've changed it. And right. I could be upset that that happened, but as long as I'm using it and growing from it, that's a big piece of leadership. We talked about it before. You can't, your leader can't take accountability for them failing or messing up. Then how do you expect the people below you to? 100%, 100%. So let's jump off of that piece right there. So how do you handle personally the, the feedback piece? Because you are, you know, in all, you know, relative to, to most business owners, you are younger. And so a lot of your team is in also younger, you know, which I think is a strong suit for you guys. And it's something that you've built kind of a brand around is this youth movement of, you know, we're going to be us unapologetically and we're going to do what we want to do. Um, you know, as far as our character, we're going to be ourselves. Um, but how do you handle kind of the feedback process between we'll talk about first between you and the people directly on your team and then all the way down. How do you kind of trickle that accountability all the way down? For me, if you're open and transparent with me, I will always listen. One thing I can't stand is when something tri trickles down the grapevine and comes to me about someone complaining or having negative feedback because my door is always open. I will never view or treat myself any differently than I do anybody that works for me uh, because I think we're all the same. We're just at different positions in life, right? So. If you come to me and you say, Tut, you are sucking this month or with this process at, at Fast Switch or the gym or no one needs to, if you have a common conversation with me, I am so open to, to growing and changing what I'm doing. If you can you know, provide backup and proof that, that it's a good idea. I will never say it's my way or the highway. I always open it up. Um, I think negative feedback is more important than positive feedback, which a lot of people say you need it because really no one's you don't get a lot of positive feedback because everything's expected to be good so you notice the when things fail or when the negative things happen so i'd rather get those because i know i can change it if it's positive you don't need to you can grow from it but it, it's okay at that time 
Absolutely. And, and I think by you saying that the negative feedback, feedback piece, it goes back to the fact that you've created a family there. You've created a, a group of people that you know everybody has their best interests in mind. And so you're able to have those honest conversations both ways. You can be honest with your team. They can be honest with you because they know there's not a personal judgment there. Like if they come in, like you said, cut, you've been sucking at the gym this week or this month. Um, that that's not them saying, Hey, you're a bad person or you're not capable of leading. That's just, Hey, we need to pick this up for the good of the team. So the fact that there's open communication, I think sets you guys kind of apart from other places. Um, especially when there is a young leader and there is somebody who is admittedly, and, th and this is a, you know, a courtesy to you is that you're admitting that you're figuring this out along the way and that you're figuring out you're not a finished product. And so that humility and that vulnerability from you as a leader trickles down into your team. And this is what you get is exactly what you're talking about. People being honest, open, caring, self-reflective, and are, are willing to grow from their mistakes because you're like, Hey, Chris is making mistakes too. He's owning them. He's making it okay for us to make mistakes and own them as long as we act upon it. Right. And we talked about this before. That's the big key because right. What good is self-awareness if there's no action that follows it? It's so cliche to say, but if you, they always say, if you don't, you won't fail if you learn. Right. And it's so true. A lot of it trickles down from the top for me. Right. I have Dr. Ferraro, who I look up to, who's, who's a boss of mine. He's a partner of mine. He's a friend of mine. Right. But since day one, his door's always been open. And since day one, he's always started the conversations of a new idea with how he messed it up before, where he's failing, when he has a bad month. He's very open and transparent. So I'm like, well, if that guy up there can do that. Why the heck can't I? And the humility of it all it, it's it's such an important role that i think a lot of people just get lost in it's such a big piece of everything because everything's so ego driven a lot of it's you know back to social media and everything but for you to be able to admit your flaws do that self-reflect and act on it is probably that was the biggest game-changing piece i think that ever happened to me it was for me to be able to be like what are you doing you right. know and actually be able to i recognize identify and change it and that, and that's a tough thing um, for any leader to do, especially a young leader. And especially, you know, I know for myself coming up in the coaching ranks, like at 25, 26 years old, um, the last thing I wanted to do was admit that I was wrong and admit that, you know, I had to fix some things about me. It was always, you know, not, not blame or complain, but just kind of defend it and move around it. Um, kind of like a boxer, like I'm, I'm dodging jabs and stuff. And then as I got older, I started to realize the strength in admitting Hey, I, I don't have this figured out. Hey, I did screw that up. Hey, I need to, I need to do better here. And then holding myself accountable. And I realized that as I did that, you know, publicly and, and also privately, I was able to then hold others accountable to that same standard because they saw that I was, I was living it, you know, and it wasn't just a slogan on a wall. 100%. And I always say, I think there's two types of leaders or bosses. There's a fear-based and there's a respect-based, right? So if you're scared of someone that you're going to get in trouble, you're going to do it just enough. So you don't, you're never going to excel, right? You're going to be like bosses out of town on Thursday. It's going to be a nice day at work. You don't want that. I want people to want to work for me because of how I treat them because we share our views because of how I handle my business. And I think that the distinction between those two is so great when it comes to environment and family and culture within your staff or anybody you're working with, because because of the mental clarity and what it, the freedom that it allows you to do. You're not scared to mess up. 
if you're scared to mess up, you generally won't admit when you do. If you're not afraid to mess up because you know you won't get scolded for it or you know your leader is going to view it as a learning point for you as well, that is an amazing situation that I think some people, when they're on their power trips, I call them, of being in a position of authority or a leader that um, you know, they can really kind of, it can really hold back a team, I think. No, I agree 100%. And I think, you know, just watching you on social media and, and kind of seeing what you're building there, it is, it, and I know I've said it before, but it goes back to the family atmosphere. Like when, when your team comes in and they see, you know, your wife and your baby at the, at the gym, they know it's, if this is a family thing, you know what I mean? It's not just Chris is our leader. He works with us. And then when he leaves, he's not available. We can't reach him it's not like that. You know what I mean? You're creating this environment where everybody feels a part of everything, you know, and you guys are there for each other. And I think that's, that's so big. Um, but obviously it comes with its challenges. So talk to me a little bit. I know you guys are friends outside of the team. Um, some of the no windy sleeves guys, obviously some of your fast twitch employees, talk to me a little bit about having friends and family involved in the business. How do you lead without damaging relationships? And then also how do those, how does that leadership role build your relationships and working together yeah i think that's a super interesting point because how many times have you ever heard you don't go into business with, with family um, or friends because i've lost friends now at this point mm -hmm. i've gone in i've had a couple ventures that i've lost again i've lost pretty close friends of mine um i think it goes through with expectations and, and just communication if you're communicating your ex expectations and they're for me dude because i'm not again money is not my driver money is a by byproduct of what i'm trying to do i get it if you try your best and you don't close a sale i'm not going to get upset about it but if you say you're going to do this and you don't come prepared with the powerpoint for the sale and it's just lack of effort then it really bothers me and communicating those expectations but building the respect again it goes back to a respect leader if you respect me, Rurik and I can pound beers in the garage, do a bunch of dumb stuff together. As soon as we walk into those walls, he knows that what our relationship is in there. Mm -hmm. And he, the delineation between the two is so important. It comes with maturity and, and it comes with respect. Setting those expectations from the forefront is huge. We had no one who sleeps last meeting last night. At the end, I was getting a little bit pissed off or just trying to hold the guys, you know, accountable and hold myself accountable as well. As soon as I meeting was adjourned, right? We click, we end it, we start off the recording. Everyone's just shitting on each other. But when I was going through and we were talking business and, and me trying to motivate guys or whatever, locked in eye contact the whole time. It's right. just a respect thing. And I don't think you get that if you're always speaking from a place up here, you know, and th that's just such a big piece to me. Um, and I think if you can, do a really good job at that with the expectations, the communication, the respect, then that really won't cross paths too much, especially if you surround yourself with people who have the same goals where money is not the driver. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the key to it all is what you just said. You're surrounding people with the same goals. You're surrounding people with the same, not just goals, but values um, where they understand, you know, what's at the center of what you're doing. What's the why of not only fast twitch, not only the performance lab, but also no windy sleeves, the movement, the podcast, all these things, what's at the center of all this and what you've created there, um, it sounds like the center of it all is family still, and it's adding value to other people. And so it becomes this, you know, this system where people can lean on each other. Um, and there's not that fear that you talked about where you're like, oh, everyone's, you know, playing scared for, for lack of a better term. Um, I think that's a big, big deal. 
you know, but obviously for, for you now being a new father, which congratulations, um, you know, two, two new gyms opening up, you've had to kind of pull back a little bit on some of your, your responsibilities on the day to day. Um, and we talked all about the foundation, right. And how you built that foundation. How do you plan kind of what, what are you experiencing now as you're going through this process of removing yourself from the day to day? What are you seeing from your team? Um, and how are you identifying people that are going to step into those next roles? I think a lot of it comes again with the self-reflection. I luckily, one of my really good friends went through the same thing. He was a lot like me. We were grad assistants together. So he, we both used to work 80 hours a week and we were just out work everyone all the time, right? Just volume of hours. It's just sheer mm-hmm. way to do it. He had a child and he said, the most important thing is to be able to separate. The, the hardest challenge for me at first was, you know, before the baby and during COVID or right after COVID, I was on the floor with the guys 10, 12 hours a day training, right? They're all the time training, training, training. In my head, it, it's, it's almost like made up thoughts of how important I was to them, right? So I'm like, they're going to notice me not there. They're going to be like, oh, he's not doing this. He's doing this. He thinks he's better than us because he's going to this and doing these meetings and podcasts. In the grand scheme of things, I'm like, if I'm supporting what they want to do, they don't care that much about me being there next to them training. As long as I'm available and a resource if they need anything. Um, but having the, the pulling yourself away for me, I think was just more of a personal issue because I enjoy doing that. I enjoy being in the trenches. I love it. I, for some reason, when we get to X and we meet a goal of something else, I want to add another thing in there. I like the chaos. However, it's never been more true, dude. I've had some bad days since the baby's been born. Like fuming when I walk across the street, I come home with the baby, nothing matters. Right. I bring my computer home every night to do work. As soon as I hold the baby, there's nothing else I'm doing for the rest of the night. Right. You know, so, um, but then that's a good reminder to me of why I do all this, you know, because it's for them. 100%. And, and that's transitioning roles too. You walk out of, of you know, fast twitch and, you're no longer just the leader of fast, which you're also the leader of, of the Tuttle household. So now you have to come home and you have to put on that other leadership role, right? You have to be able to pour into your family the same way you're pouring into your business. And I think that's something, you know, I don't know from experience, but that's something that I'm hearing from other people that that's always a challenge of how do you pour into both, right? And we see these stories of people who build these empires, but their kids don't know them or people who have a business and then they have you know, a, a child or whatever, and all of a sudden the business fails. And for you, it's figuring out that balance of how do I water both and pour into both and make sure there's still enough in the cup, right? That I can be a good leader and that I'm not changing who I am. And the, you hit on earlier, having Ashley at the gym, having the baby at the gym. I was listening to a podcast two weeks ago about something like that. Such a good point. I was doing it subconsciously. I don't want there to be a separation from my family and my businesses. Because the businesses I'm trying to build are for family, for growth, for community. Ashley runs our social media now for almost all of our pages, right? I want the integration. I want the babies at the gym. I want them at the events. I want Ashley there with everything. I want to come home and and talk about it. Because for me, this is not work. Again, we always say follow our passion. It's really not work. Yes, there's days where I don't like it. But having them a part of it allows me to not have to flip the switch off. Because if I had to flip the switch off, I wouldn't, there's always enough hours, but I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. I wouldn't be able to do it. Last night we had a no windy sleep staff meeting. Ashley does our, a lot of our social media. She was sitting right next to me with the baby because we've integrated in the type of businesses we're having that are family oriented and 
I, I always joke around that Emerson's going to be the CEO of, of you know, Wendy Sleeves and making me get her coffee, you know, in like 20 years. But uh, I think, I just think it's so important. And that's a dream of mine of, to build something like that. No, definitely, definitely, man. So as you've transitioned these roles and you've kind of now integrated, you know, your family into what's growing with, with the fast twitch and the whole, you know, basket of businesses that you're involved in, um, you know, how, how do you kind of identify the people within the team that are going to take on these new roles as, as you pull away a little bit? I know we talked about you delegating, you know, how, what are you doing to kind of, um, I guess, not identify necessarily, but confirm or deny, you know, hey, you know, I think this person is ready for a, a more of a leadership role. Hey, you know what, this person's not as ready as I thought they were. How are you kind of going through that process? I mean, I'm very old school, right? So I like people that do shit for free. <laughs> I did it. You did it. You know, I think it's, it's, I have a blind trust towards it. As Coach Cox says, if you come and, and, you're training and you get paid to train, but you're standing there after and asking me what you can do for the gym. You're going to be someone that I want to reward because I trust you now, right? It's a blind trust for people who want to do whatever they can do. And at this day and age, do it for free. Like I said, I interned at 25 and 26 years old for free, mopping floors after 18 year old football players, right? That earned me different things in life. I delivered Domino's pizza when I first started working here because we didn't have enough money, right? Those things, uh, you know, we say it's earned, not given. You have to earn it. I will never hire based on a resume, ever. This is not something I'll ever do. I have to trust you, and I, it needs to be shown. However, I think we have such a good team and good people. The people that are, have been with us, we want to see those people um, excel in bigger roles within Fast Switch as we open these other facilities. Um, so spending the time and just getting to know the people more and seeing what they can do. But in the back of my mind, the people that have, have been with me for a while have earned it by doing some of the stuff that they've done. So it's not a quick interview process. No, absolutely, man. No, and, and I think, um, you know, to, to kind of hit on this and we should have hit on it earlier, but you just, you just made me think about it when you said about the long-term thing, people see the, the fast twitch name now, and it's starting to grow at such a rapid pace. You know, it's, it's like I said, you went from one gym, now you're going to have three, you got the, the performance labs, you have all these other things going. So obviously people are coming to you, right? They want to be a part of this, but what they don't see behind the scenes. And this is what I, I like about you is that me and you have had this conversation off camera before they don't see the, the Domino's pizza nights. They don't see all the work that led up to right this overnight success, this six month explosion of fast twitch. They don't see what that looked like. And, and I think, you know, what I like about you again is you look on your social media and you see you and Ash and the team, the people that are leading this charge, hand painting the new facilities. You see you guys building out the new gyms, right? That's the kind of environment, right? As a leader that you're creating. So as you keep this thing going, you know, and new people come to you, it's perfectly in my opinion it's perfectly reasonable for you to say hold on a minute I can't just look at your resume and say you're good to go because over here is is Rourke who's been with me from the jump and is covered in paint right now because he just drove four hours or five hours or whatever it is to New Hampshire to paint the new facility you know so I I, I think you're spot on with that man it's earned not given it's so true and again it can be cliche but there's a hundred, there's a hundred thousand people with strength certifications on there, right? There's so many, you can pick them off the sidewalk. There has to be a differentiator. And for me, I put such a big emphasis on trusting and being a good human being 
but you have to be with someone around them enough to show them that. I, I, the reason I bring up the dominoes thing often is because it reminds me of who I am and what I've had to do to even get to this point. And again, we're not even 5% of where we want to be. Right. Um, but I learned that from, from doc, right. Doc built out fast, which I wasn't even here yet. He did this one. Right. But guess what? We could pay someone a couple hundred bucks to paint the new one. We're not going to do that. That's our, that's our job. That's what we want to do. We want to build it. You know, it's kind of our baby, but having that and knowing your roots and, and what you'll do because you love it and your six and your passion. Um, I think it's so important. And the people that, Hey, can I come with you on Tuesday? I don't want to work out or anything. I want to help you move the equipment. I want to help you get up the new rig. I didn't ask them. I didn't say, I'll give you guys a hundred bucks to come move equipment. They want to do it. Those are good people that I want to build with. Right. You know, the, the no windy sleeves team, it went from three to five. Like we're done. We're not giving out any shares. Someone was just working for us for free, helping us build. We'd like you to be an owner. Then it went from six to eight, you know, and that, so like, that's how everything goes in my life. And, and I think it's, again, it goes back to family realistically. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Um, so let's, we'll switch gears a little bit. I'm going to start giving you some quick hitter questions. Um, feel free expand on them let's let's jump off of them but I, I like to throw these ones out here what's what's your number one skill for reflecting on your own leadership skills like what's what's the one exercise that you're like hey this helps me reflect honestly alone time like and i just i need that because when you get lost in the day-to-day -day, i'll sit down alone at night and I'll be like three people texting me and i didn't text them back what the, what kind of person what kind of leader are you it takes right. it takes a half a second to do it right? Having that and reading books and listening to podcasts make me think that way. I never read or never read a book really, or listened to a podcast before I started this and started working for myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's, that's the number one thing you should do is reinvest your money and your time back into yourself. Off, off script, off script question. What's the, what's the most influential book you've read since you started this? might be at my let's max out it's either that or the subtle art of not giving a yep absolutely absolutely no i've, I've read um both of those big fan of mark manson he does does a good job man putting some things that he just had I also very very cliche because all over the place but uh the extreme leadership books yep i love those i've read the second one twice now i think it's awesome yeah absolutely do you do any of that with your staff you give any of that stuff to your staff we used to, um, I really want to get back into it. And that's one of those things that I have to, again, look myself in the mirror. There's so many things I want to do with these. I haven't been able to put my time into it and I need to, you know, and that's one of the things I really want to give. I, when I was, a, when Rick and I were interns at Nova, again, 26 years old, our coach would give us a book. We would have to read it and write a two page review on it. And at the time I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is what I'm doing for free. Look back, we were on podcast with him the other day. I was like, that was the best thing you could have ever done for me. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You, and you don't realize it, 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 but it forces you again, like you said, to invest in yourself and start, you start to realize that that stuff is, is super, super important. Um, and anybody who's not to me, who's not willing to invest in themselves. It's a, it's hard for me as a leader to want to invest in you. If you're not willing to invest in yourself, if that makes sense. And sometimes you have to lead, you know, sometimes you have to lead them and teach them how to do those things. But if you're openly like reluctant to invest in yourself, I, I can't give it to you. You know what I mean? This, this stuff and being in a position like you're in, um, in a position like I've held over the years, 
this stuff wasn't just given to me. So I can't just give it to you. There has to be a level of, of, you know, reciprocity where I'll lead you to this stuff, but then you have to do some of the work on your own as well. And it all that stuff, I mean, that's such a good point. All that stuff resonates differently with people, right? You're going to interpret all that very differently than someone who's done the exact same steps you have, but has no interest in doing what you're doing. You've seen the value of in reinvesting in yourself. You've seen the value of self-development. You've taken lessons from being a strength conditioning coach at different colleges, completely different than other people, right? And that's how you've been able to grow as a leader and want to help other people. And there's some people, and it's okay, that view things differently. But when you're taking the time to put it back into yourself and use that for your own growth and benefit in life, I think that's a, a huge piece of, you would have missed out on that if you weren't doing it. You wouldn't be where you're at right now, you know? And, and I think it, it's, it's something that when you, when you start to invest in yourself and you start to build um, kind of a, a repertoire and a library of, of ideas and concepts in your own head, you start to realize that you can add value to other people and it stops being about you, you know? And I know for me, like when I first started doing all the reading and research and understanding these stuff, it was, it was from a selfish motivation. I wanted to be the best strength coach that I could be. And then I started to realize that this stuff helps other people. And so now I wasn't reading just to invest in me. I was reading, I was, I was the benefit. I got the benefit from investing to other people. You know what I mean? So the more information that I could take in, the more I could help other people. And in turn, I get better. So it ends up being this, this win-win situation. Um, and I think that's where it comes from. And I, the one constant you see, and I have spent, I used to not be, I don't call myself an intellect, but I used to not care about how the brain took, right? I was a, I was a baseball coach. I was a strength coach. That's it. Something transitioned and I don't know what it was. It might've been when I came here and started working with for doc and seeing him. If you look across, and I do a lot of like market research now, so I'm looking at the Gary V's, the Ed Milets, the Corey G's, the Andy Frizzellas, all these guys, what's the one constant that you always see with them? And it's time for themselves and time to reinvest for themselves. Reading, podcasts, even if it's going on a walk on the beach, like they're taking the time. These are the dudes that make my busy schedule look like child's, child's play. You know what I'm saying? If they can do it and that they think that's so important, and those are the guys that are successful. You should imitate what they do to be successful. And oh, my favorite dude. thing to do when I look at these dudes is I don't know why the structure of routine, the cleanliness, and the everything falling back to making yourself a better person. I'm so attracted to it. I'm so attracted to like the clean, the the clean desk, knowing where everything is, a notebook, remembering everything, like that, all that stuff. It's so appealing to me because I see the product that it's produced for these guys uh, of themselves. And there's just something about it that really, I get excited about it for some reason. Yeah, no, and, and it is, it jacks you up. I always say, every time people interview me about this stuff, I always say success leaves clues. Like if you read um, Tim Ferriss's Tribe of Mentors, there's people in there from all over different walks of life, actors, um, athletes, you know, um, businessmen, everything, anything and everything is in there. The routines are so similar. There's so many similarities. And I'm like, listen, if everybody that's successful is doing X, Y, and Z in some form or fashion, some people meditate, some people do yoga, some people work out, you know, there's, there's different, but they're all taking time, right. To get out of their head and get into their body. And then there's the other things of like gratitude, you know, paying it forward to other people, which is what you're doing by giving equity to, to your team, those types of things like that stuff breeds more success. 
And if those people are all doing it and they've been successful off of that platform and that system, who am I to say that I'm going to do it my way and keep all this information selfishly to me, right? That makes no sense versus following the, the blueprint that's already been laid out by exactly the kind of people you're talking about, right? What does Gary Vee talk about all the time? Empathy, love for people, right? Helping other people add value. Those are things, those are his core values. And this dude built a multi-million dollar juggernaut of a, of a media a marketing industry or marketing business, you know? So it's, to me, it's a no brainer. Um, and it goes in line with those things with the book, Make Your Bet, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone says, make your bet first thing you do, it's going to change your day. First of all, I don't change, make my bed only because I get up actually still sleeping, but I didn't before it's just too early. However, I do believe that all, for the majority of the things you do throughout the day should have a positive and a beneficial impact on something in your life, right? You shouldn't just do things to do things. And it becomes evaluating what your priorities are. Everything I do, it's going to save you energy. It's going to save you time. And it's going to, it's a compound effect. Check it off. That's why I still have a handwritten checklist every day. Check it off the list. The list, that is a freaking huge victory for me now. Yes. Yep. It's every day. so important. It's every so day, man. And I, I call them random acts of discipline. I call it random acts of discipline. So just little things. So if I'm, if I'm walking past, you know, at night, I come home, long day, whatever, kick my shoes off, I eat dinner, I go to go to bed. If my shoes are still sitting on the floor, I pick them up, take them upstairs, put them back on my shoe rack that night. Just random little things. But it's exactly what we said before, right? It's investing in yourself. So that ultimately you have more energy to pour into the people around you, the things that you care about, the things that you're trying to build, all those things. You have to be able to discipline yourself first before you can even think about leading other people, right? You have to lead yourself. It's the shopping cart test. You probably see it on my story a bunch of times. That is the number one for me. You know, I love it. Just are you disciplined and a good enough person to bring your shopping cart back to the thing when no one's going to give you any crap about it? Yep. That's that's it. Maybe you're not in a good position to lead anyone. Yeah, so that's a good time to start reflecting on yourself and your decision. But you know, I I love that one. But I like I like the random acts of, di uh, of discipline. I'm gonna start I'm gonna start using that one. That's that's a big one for me, man. Random acts of discipline, just just throughout your day, and and they're little things. But my my boss at UNLV, Sean Sean Manuel, used to always talk about discipline is the key to everything. And you know, Jocko Willing talks about it as well. Um, but some of the things that he, that he would talk about really resonated with me, which was the more disciplined decisions you make, little little disciplined decisions. I'm, like I said, I'm talking about putting your shoes back, maybe wiping a plate off when you put it in the sink instead of just leaving it on the sink, um, things like that. He's like, those compound. And then your baseline for discipline starts to, to bump. You know what I mean? And then the bigger discipline decisions aren't that hard. It's so funny you say that. You know Ashley's parents. Mm -hmm. I always go to their house. I'm like, their kitchen is always so clean, right? We're there a lot. And... Um, like, why is mine never clean? Because when you talk about wiping the dishes off, no matter what we're doing, Paul and Gina, it could be 10 o'clock at night, we just got done eating dinner. They wipe the plates down, they put them away. So the kitchen's always clean. They never let it get big enough enough to spend Sunday cleaning it. So small things of discipline, the compound, and it looks like two of the most in shape people that you'll see, right? Yep. It's a direct reflection on the rest of their life. So it's funny that you say that. That's what popped in. Because I've sat at the counter and thought about it before. <laughs> You know, but when I get tired, I'm laying on the couch still. Right, right. And that's and that's it, man. And that's that's the ultimate goal. Now, obviously, you know, none of us are a finished product, but that's the ultimate goal is to get to the levels of discipline where that type of stuff is taken care of. Now we're all we're all gonna slip. We're human, right? It's part of it. Um, so I'll hit you with another one here. I know we'll get to jump off on this one. So what does the word legacy mean to you? A good one. 
That is a good one. For me, legacy, um, it's it's a it's an aura, it's a reputation. I think it means a lot to me because it means that I will have impacted enough people to remember me. I don't want my legacy being I leave a hundred million dollars for my grandkids. It's not what I want my legacy to be. I want people to remember me for having an impact on people. I bet people will probably say that if you want a legacy, you're you're narcissistic or you're too invested in yourself. Hell no. I want people to remember me for making a difference by just by helping people. Right. I think I think it's a I think it's a big thing. And I think it's a big thing to chase, you know. Yeah. It, it, I, I think you dude, you hit it spot on right there when you said, I don't want my legacy to be a hundred million dollars, right? And I, I say this, I started thinking differently when I when I left coaching and, and when I started to do this. There's you start to flip a switch between you know, for me, in my, in my opinion, money and logos and those types of things, those are ego decisions. Those are things that feel good to me right now in this, in this life. I'm starting to make legacy decisions now where I'm starting to make decisions that what is going to leave the biggest impact for other people. Obviously they're at, at some level, nobody's hundred percent altruistic. Nobody's hundred percent. I'm just going to give, 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 right. On some level, it is selfish that yes, I want to leave a legacy. But like you just said, you don't want that legacy to be $100 million. I don't, I don't want my legacy to be a national championship at a school. I don't want that. I want my legacy to be when I die, I want there to be a line out the door of all the kids that I coached that cared about me and that knew that I cared about them. That's what I want my legacy to be. That, you know, that's, yeah. that to me is, is what it's about. You ever think about that? You ever think, you ever do the funeral thought? I forget what test it is that's in your head. Like, who do you think? what would people say at your funeral and how many people would be there? Right. I hope to think at this point that I would have a pretty damn long line at my funeral. And you're right. That's what matters to me. Um, yes. Like you said, money is a driver for everyone, but it's more about the freedom that you get for it. We're going to have the conversation on the way to South Jersey, Central Jersey. Yes. Tuesday. We had a hundred million dollars given to us. What would you do to build no windy city? We both look at each other. We're like, First thing we would do is probably hire a videographer so they can get every piece of content, valuable information that we have and pump it out there. Neither one of us were like, we're going to reinvent, we're going to invest in real estate to flip it. Right. I have a hundred million dollars in the bank account. It probably means because that I helped a hundred million people. That's, that's, it's a direct reflection of the impact that you put into the world. And that's, that's the cool thing about kind of the industries that, that me and you are in now, that the amount of money you make is a direct reflection of the amount of good that you put in the world. If I help, a hundred universities or a hundred businesses and I make good money off of that, then that's a direct reflection of the, of the good that I've put into them. You know what I mean? It's, it's a win-win situation versus exactly what you said. If somebody gave you a hundred million and you flipped it and did you know, real estate or whatever, like that's just selfish means. And so I, at the end of the day, I don't think that leaves, you know, the same impact at all. You know, it just, to me, it taints whatever you did before it too. You go back and forth with the no NDC team a lot, right? What is the movement, right? We can't put our finger on it. Why do we have to? That's our number one product that we sell and we don't even sell it, right? right? The movement is you making a conscious decision through your phone screen after seeing our stuff to make yourself 1% better every day, whether you buy stuff from us or not. But we know the free content that we gave out helped you. That's all we care about. That's what the movement is. Our company is built off that. Our company is built off free, accessible content to people, right? And th that's a big thing for us uh, because we're like, well, what if we have to go to big time investors? What do we say our company is? 
we can't tell them it's a movement. Well, you know what? Yes, we can, because that's what it is. And if the money doesn't come from it, that's okay. Because we don't care. It's more about the message and the accessibility to free information to get yourself better. And uh, I think that's cool right there. If you want to dive into that a little bit more, like talk, tell me a little bit more about what the thought process was, because for most people listening, and even me now, now that I'm a business owner and I'm, I'm doing these things, I'm sitting here thinking in my head, I'm like, eh, I don't know about that business model. You know what I mean? So tell me a little bit more, like explain that to me. You're talking about giving everything away for free. Like you're not holding anything back because there's no, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's no paid link on your site other than if you want to buy apparel or if you wanted to buy stuff from the, from the fast switch line, but all the content, everything else is free. Literally everything we do, go to our YouTube page. We have an entire exercise library. We have workout templates. We have nutrition videos, PDFs for free, right? We didn't, we don't want to capitalize off of, we don't want to be salesmen. That's not what we are. We know if we can affect and have an impact on a ton of people across the country, the business will scale from whatever ancillary reasons it does, but that's not our main driver. It's really not for how much we sell our clothes for and stuff. We really, our profit margins are, are nothing. We don't care. As long as we can not go in the red from it, we're all right. Um, but we, we just literally wanted to help people. No Windy Sleep started as literally the name for a podcast for the gym. That's what it was. <laughs> building it out. We're doing the goofy videos. We're starting to put out more content. And people were responding and interacting in a really uh, very optimistic way. And we looked at each other and we were like, we kept saying the movement. We didn't know what it was. And we didn't ask ourselves what the movement was until like two weeks ago. I swear to God. We... We just, there was something in the air of people texting us saying, thank you so much for that. I needed that. Thank you for the information on squatting. Thank you for the motivation on Mondays. Thank you for country Friday. Right. And we're like, people are happy. People are benefiting from what we're doing. We want to, we just want to grow that. I want to impact people in Arizona. You know what I'm saying? In China, wherever, just by sending a message and then allowing them, we don't want, we really don't want money to ever be the deterrent for someone being able to get better through our, through us and our company. Right. hundred percent. That's awesome. I don't want to sell my programs for $300 and so well, I can't use that. I guess I'll go somewhere else. You want my programs going to make you better. Here you go. Tell sure. your friends. And, and that, I think that's, again, it goes back to all the things you said in here are things that set you guys apart from the other um, you know, and I don't, I don't want to knock people, but the, the other similar kind of style things that, that are out there similar to what you're doing with the movement, which I don't know if there's anything that is similar to no windy sleeves per se. There are other performance labs. There are other gyms, but for you guys, it's look at, this is really who we are. We really are about giving and making other people better. And we benefit from it along the way in other ways than just financially. We benefit from it because now you're part of the community and you're getting hooked up with with different people in different types of uh, environments and different situations. You're getting to learn from people. People are getting to learn from you. It becomes this really mutually beneficial situation across the board. Um, and I think that that is kind of what sets you guys apart. And it's something that got me, you know, super interested when, when me and coach, uh, coach Rick talked about it. Like those were things that I was like, dude, that's why I respect what you guys are doing. That was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. Um, I think that that's the key to it all is exactly what you just said. It's not the finance piece is a byproduct of what you put out. And I'm not going to sit here and lie and say we don't make any money off it. As the no one you see the grand, brand grows and more people get involved and, and want to be a part of what we're doing, we have the gym 
business that will grow from it. We have some supplements that we're going to be releasing here soon that will grow from it. But for the majority of anything, the only products that we sell or anything, we really have to, uh, you're selling time, right? I can't train people for an hour, eight hours a day for free. If I could, I would. Um, but that's not our driver. We have other things set up to when people are about, and they want to do the extra they can, but we want to be able to give people as much as possible for free for them to allow to make the decisions and do it on the, on themselves and just motivate them to want to do it. Cause I know the more better people that we have in, in the world and in this, this country right now, specifically, I think it's the better off we're all going to be if people are sharing love and compassion and empathy for everybody. We'll call we'll call that doing your civic duty. We'll call yeah. that doing your civic. That's what it is. Put a little love into the world. Do your civic duty, um, and the world will be a better place. Uh, so the the last I got two two last ones for you here. Um, what's the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received? That one uh, that was from Doctor Ferraro. Um, he always talked about understanding that the main part of being a leader is obviously is dealing and how you're going to handle everyone else's problems. Um, you, you set the tone for everything. If you walk into the office that day with a bad attitude and a bad outlook on life, it's going to trickle down and the other people below you feed off that. So you need to understand as a leader that the energy and everything that you're putting out directly impacts the, the days, how, how everyone else's day is going to go. And, you're, I don't want to say you're wearing the burden, but you are the face and you are the, the support system for how that all goes. And I think when you wake up every morning as a leader and you know that, that you're going to set the tone if you're going to win the day, you have to make a conscious decision to bring the best version of you to work. And then the other one, uh, Coach Cox, is that you always have to be growing. It's just, it is what it is. You have to grow as a leader, grow, adapt, or die, they say. Um, but you will not be able to lead because if you're an effective leader for a certain amount of time, you're going to give them enough where they're going to pass and outgrow you and you're you know, no longer a use for them. So if you're not growing, you can continue to be an effective leader for them and they're going to move on. hundred percent, man. And there's a, uh, I, I forget who said it. So I apologize if they're listening, but somebody, somebody I was talking to talked about teammates get to focus on results and day to day leaders have to focus on culture and behaviors and habits. And I, to me, I was like, that's completely true, right? You don't get to get swept up in what the day-to-day -day stuff is. You have to obviously monitor, but you have to be focused on what does my behaviors look like? What are my, what habits are we building as a staff, as a team, as a, a you know, a whole organization? And you have to focus on that piece of it. And that goes back to exactly what you said, a conscious decision to deliver you the best version of you, not just for you, but for them. I could care far much less about the the financials and the dollars and cents that we made you know last week than I did about how everyone felt in there how the community was how the the customers or clients experience was because again I think that that's so important if you're trying to build something that's not a quick quick cash out you 100%. know and if you're viewing it more than just a job yeah absolutely man uh last question for you here if you weren't doing what you're doing where would you be There's three things. Either uh, I went for customs and border protection. That's what I always wanted to do. Okay. In law enforcement to some capacity, the military, or probably as Blake Bortles, as Blake Bortles says, I'd be doing construction, smoking cigs. <laughs> I was on that path for a long time. I used to say if someone could give me enough money 
to live the lifestyle I wanted to cut grass, have my beer, smoke some cigs on the weekends, do whatever you wanted to do. That was what I would want. But that was before I put any investment and energy back into myself and realized the person that I wanted to be. I, I always use that quote from Blake Bortles. Have you seen that interview? That's dude, that's and that's a classic one too. It's it's crazy because people don't realize like if you don't um, if you don't take the time to invest and if you don't take the time to grow yourself and try and just explore the corners of your own life, like explore, you don't know what the best version of yourself is yet. And if you don't take time to explore that, the human nature is to sink back to the baseline. And the baseline is exactly what you just said. Rocking construction, smoking cigs, drinking beer, probably have a wild mullet. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's, that's it, you know? And so it's awesome to, to hear that stuff come and out of your mouth. That's what you want. That's great. 100%. Right. It's just something happened. I battle with this with my friends that have known me for many years, knew how I was in college, high school, college. They're like, what are you doing? This isn't who you are. I was like, it wasn't who I was. I've probably changed more than a lot of people that I've known because I used to be. I was your typical like crap, bro. You know, <laughs> I was just drinking, playing baseball, chasing girls, no time, energy, or focus on reinvesting in myself and producing a really good person. I just thought, you know, just living life. Um, so people, I think it takes them a while to adjust to, to what I'm trying to do and the person that I've become and the people that give me you know, some shit about it. I've learned that they're not the most important piece of my circle that's going to support me. So I kind of have distanced myself, but I don't know when it was. I really don't know when the change happened, but it was a pretty dramatic, drastic change for me. Right. And, and that's a big deal, man. We all, we all go through it. And, and again, one of the reasons I respect you a ton and, and one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on here is because you talk while you're going through the process. You talk to people. There's a lot of people that they'll drop off the map and then they show up again and they're, and they're, you know, a quote unquote finished product. And now they want to preach to everybody else about how they did it versus you. You're like, no, Hey, look, this is me walking this road towards where I'm trying to go. I don't know if I'll get there, but I'm going to give you all the information that I find along the way. And I'm going to be very open about where I tripped two miles ago, what caused it, you know, how I fell off the road a mile and a half ago and slipped back into some old habits. And that's, that's, you know, to me is the genuineness and the, the authenticness of, not just you, but your brand and now what you're building. So, you know, big kudos to you, man. That's, it takes a, a level of humility to do that. And I think that's awesome. Well, I think a lot of the stuff that we say here and we quote and we regurgitate is us learning from other people's experiences, right? Why can't someone learn from mine along the way, regardless of how big they are, what their, their dreams and aspirations are, if I can help one person by voicing how, you know, my experiences, my failures, that's a win. Because there's certain things that I went through that I don't want other people to have to go through. You know what I'm saying? And if they can skip that step because they learned from me, that's a win. And I think that just starts with being, like we always say, you've got to be real to yourself or true to yourself and you have to be authentic. We tried the very professional social media. You know, this is a, this is X exercise. This is why our BCAs are good. It wasn't who we were. And people could read that through Instagram, social media. As soon as we were like, screw it we're going to be true we're going to be ourselves we're going to be authentic that's when people really started i think to buying into what we were trying to do and the message we were trying to push because it all was the same thing it's just a different it's just being more of who you are absolutely and and i think too you know even for myself as i got out of the college out of the college world you start to to see you know that there's certain stigmas and there's certain ideas about the way things should be done and then you meet people and 
in real life and you're like, oh, wow, okay, you weren't who you portrayed to be in social media. You weren't who you portrayed to be for all, you know, in, in front of these people. And so I think the conversation then has to be, you know, why, why are those stigmas there? Like, and when I started this and people were asking me, who are you interviewing for, for the show? And I said, listen, I'm not going after logos. I'm not going after titles. I'm not going after somebody because they're the CEO or because they're this or because they're that or because they're, you know, at XYZ University. I don't care. I want people that are good people that can teach good lessons on leadership and are themselves. I don't want to hear some management book. I don't want to hear the classic, you know, coaching tale of I walked 20 miles to my first job and, and this is what I don't care. I don't I want real. I want I want to know who people really are. And I want to find genuine leaders that care about other people more than they care about themselves and use their own growth and their own platform to help other people. That's what this thing is about. That's what edge is about. And I think it's awesome to hear because we've talked about it before. The world's number one question, are leaders made or born, right? Are you born a leader or do you make yourself a leader? I've always said that there's a hybrid between both. You know, there can be both. It depends what you do with it. Um, I actually think I heard that from you. I think that was something that you said. Um, but being who you are, again, like I, I'm big on you can't fake it. I don't really believe the fake it till you make it because I think you can't fake something that long, right? So I found myself without ever putting any effort into being a leader, I always found myself in leadership roles. Even when I was a, a screw up in college and stuff, I always found myself as a, being a leadership role. It took me until a few years out to realize what to do with it and that I had to continue to grow with it and, and do the best I can if you're going to be put in those situations. And being it goes back to being true to yourself and not chasing brands, right? You want people that's going to push a good message and not someone that you may meet someone you idolize and look up to as a leader from social media. You might meet them in the streets and they'll be a completely different person. Right. That's you it. know, it's a big thing for me. I don't ever want someone to, to think that. I'm, again, I have like 4,000 followers on Instagram. I'm not famous by any means. But I don't <laughs> want one person in high school to see me on there and then me meet him in the street. And be, that's why we do the super low. Right. We do because that's <laughs> what we are. And we're, we're goofballs. We like to have a good time. And that's a good way. I think that's a good way to lead. No, that's that's it, man. I've, I've always uh, always believed at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to be me. And I'm going to do things from an authentic place. And I think that you guys are as well. Um, you know, I, dude, I appreciate your time so much. This, this has been awesome, especially, like I said, for, from one young leader to another, um, this is phenomenal. You know, I'm going to give you a couple minutes here, plug all your stuff, man. Let us know everything that's going on fast twitch, no windy sleeves, all that stuff. Give us a social media handles anywhere. We can find Chris Tuttle, man, let us know. And I'll link everything else up in the show notes for everyone. Oh yeah, appreciate it, man. No, this was awesome. I was really looking forward to this, A, because I think this might be the first time that I've been interviewed about this topic. I usually ask people the questions, um, like last time you were on, but B, because we are such similar mindset, uh, mindset people that I, I couldn't wait to get on here and just kind of go back and forth with you because I know that there's a lot of stuff um, that we share, share uh, outlooks on. However, my first blog is I do want to say that everything that I do is allowed supported by by my wife um, and what she does for our daughter um, allows me I'm still I've cut back my hours I'm still gone from 5 a.m to 5 p.m pretty much every day she's fine with that because she knows the type of person I am and she knows what makes me happy she was the first person who told me to quit my job when I was making way more money um, 
to go do something that I really wanted to do. So she's obviously like a lot of it comes down to having support from the people behind you. Um, but yeah, the, the gyms right now, we're opening up two new facilities. We're opening up one down in Point Pleasant, um, one in New Hampshire. We have a couple other prospects that we're looking at right now, but we want to get those ones up and running before we make some moves. Um, the virus uh, uh, allowed us the opportunity to rebuild our infrastructure to be able to expand, which you know, you know almost downsize to then grow, which was huge. Um, so we're, again, yeah, we're in Point Pleasant. We're going to be in New Market, New Hampshire. So you can check both those out: ft underscore New Hampshire, ft underscore Point Pleasant. Um, my Instagram, Papa Coach underscore Papa Tut. Um, and then we have the No Windy Sleeves. No Windy Sleeves. Again, I got ten really good nine partners, ten including myself, that I think we were all made to just have an impact. We always say we're going to change the world, but not because we're going to create the best product to sell. We're just going to make a difference in one or two people's lives every day and let it grow. Um, so all those guys on the Windy Sleeves page, you see them all over. Um, and then we are for the FT Performance Labs releasing. FT Performance Labs is releasing its No Windy Sleeves supplement line in January. Full line. Can't drop any flavors yet, but uh, it'll have a lot more than just the BCA, which is going to be really good. And we have a new formulation of our BCA, which I'm excited for. Um, and then the, the podcast is up on uh, on Spotify and iTunes and stuff. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot of things in the works. I'm very, very excited with the vision. So if we can just get some things ironed out and hopefully do a lot more work with yourself, because, again, you have a piece your business is a piece of our business that's missing. So, you know, hopefully being able to do more work and build a good partnership there, I think would be awesome just because I think we'll be able to, to help so many more people um, when we offer different things. So, and I'll be up in Berwick, back up in Berwick soon. So uh, you let me know, man, we'll, we'll get a lift in, dude. I, I appreciate it a bunch. I, like I said, I'm fired up for you guys. I'm couldn't be more proud of, of what you guys are building over there. And, and the, I've, everybody that I've met from the no windy sleeves team so far has been awesome people, direct reflection of your leadership. Um, and again, you know, I believe good people know good people. So for me to, to be a part of this and, and to get you on here, it's been awesome. Um, you know, we'll definitely have you on again as you guys continue to grow. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, man. I, I love talking to Chris because he's so open and he's so willing to, to talk about what's at the center of his vision and how he's proceeding to build his team and build a business that keeps his family integrated with what he's doing so that he doesn't have to make that switch. Um, and I think that that is really, really important for any leader to know what is in their core values, what's important to them. So at the end of the day, I hope you guys took a ton of information away from this. I know I did. Uh, if there's any questions, any follow-ups, please reach out. Let's get in touch. Let's start the conversation. Uh, and don't forget to like, share, leave a review, do all those things so that we can continue to bring you guys these types of inter interviews and conversations. Um, and as always, leaders are built, not born. We'll talk to you next time.